Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. His email arrived late in a long day. In truth, I didn't open it. I was working overtime to help a family member manage a serious issue. I didn't have time for social distractions. The next morning, however, when I clicked on my friend's message, I saw this question, can I help you in any way? Feeling embarrassed, I started to answer no. Then I took a deep breath and I paused, and I noticed that his question sounded familiar, if not divine. That's because Jesus asked that similar question. Jesus asked, can I help you? In fact, he heard a blind beggar named Bartimaeus one day, and he asked him, how can I help you? This morning, I want to talk to you, and I've titled this this sermon, Asking for Help. Asking for Help. I want you to stand with me, if you would, for just a brief moment as we turn to Mark chapter 10. Our sermon text is actually verse 51, but I'm going to read the entire commentary. So I'm going to start in verse 46 if you have your Bibles. Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 46. How many are thankful for the Word of God? Amen. Amen. The B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. Amen. Starting in verse 46. It says, Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him, be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him and told him to be quiet again. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man. Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Verse 51 says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. And the blind man said, Rabbi or teacher, I want to see you. Verse 52 says, Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Let's pray this morning. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for the faith of blind Bartimaeus. I pray, Lord, this morning that each of us here today would learn how to ask, would learn how to ask by faith, in faith, Lord, to step out, beyond what we see, beyond the little box that we see our life in, and to understand that with you all things are possible, and that, Lord, that you are a wonderful God, a loving God that loves his people, loves his children. And, Lord, we pray your blessing, your anointing upon the words I speak. Give us understanding this morning that we can put your words into practice, and we pray that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 You may be seated this morning. Amen. How many are familiar with that passage in the Bible? You read Blind Bartimaeus. 
You know, this week in my daily reading, as I was reading my devotions, as I do every morning, I came across that passage and it reminded me of how difficult sometimes it is for many of us to ask for help, especially men. Amen. We are, amen. And the men didn't say anything. You know why? Because it's, it's pride. We're very prideful. Sometimes it's hard to ask for help, even though you need the help. But yet, on the other hand, there's, we all know people that have no shame in their game, and they can ask for help. It doesn't matter what's going on. They have no problem with that. But for most of us, it's a very difficult thing to do, to ask for help. And I thought of that, Lord, you know, may I not be that person that, that doesn't ask you for help, but that, Lord, at every turn in my life, let me ask you for divine help, divine direction. How many have found that that's the only way to go? That's the only way to live, to involve Jesus in your life, to direct your path. Amen? See, this is part of, even in my job, where I see customer service. How many believe customer service is important? When you go to a restaurant, when you go to a bank, when you go to the store, customer service is important. Last week, last weekend, uh, I believe it was Saturday, uh, the girls were at a women's conference, and so I didn't want to cook lunch. So I thought, I looked up on the Yelp reviews in Vallejo where we live, and I found this sandwich shop. It's all the Yelp reviews said, this is the place, this is the bomb, you got to try it out, you got to do this. And so I went there. And I don't know about you, but if there's no customer service there, I walk out. I walk out of it. And so I went there, got in line. There was nobody in line, four people behind the counter. And nobody said, can I help you? Nobody asked me, what do you want? Nobody said anything. And then I stood there for about two minutes. Finally, I said, is this where I can order? And then the person behind the counter just pointed over there, just pointed. So then I stood there for about another 30 seconds. By this point, I'm kind of already irritated. And I thought, well, nobody's asking me any, nobody's talked to me. So I left, I left. And I will never go back to that place because of their poor customer service. How many have ever experienced something like that? I know that's minor, but still, you want people to provide you customer service. I don't feel they need to treat me like a king because I'm certainly not. I just want somebody to say, hi, can I help you? And uh, that, it's that simple. So I didn't get that. But fortunately, we can look to the Word of God. We can look to the Bible. And we can see our great example in Jesus, how he provided the best customer service. In fact, he stopped everything. He was on his way. He was on his way. You, there might be some people going to Bernie Falls here later this week. There might be some people going to Hawaii or Wyoming or wherever it might be. And on your way, sometimes God taps you on the shoulder, says, time out. I want you to divert and I want you to stop right here. See, Jesus was on his way and he took the time for this man. And did you catch how he didn't just whisper and say, Jesus, help me. Help me, Jesus. Sometimes we need to get his attention. Sometimes we need to step outside of the box, what's normal, what's, what's seemingly right, and get outside of ourselves and begin to just cry out, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, I need your help. Yeah. That's what Bartimaeus did. Even though everybody was saying, 
Oh, you don't have to do that. God heard you the first time. God knows what you're thinking. God doesn't need you to yell. God's not deaf. Anybody ever heard that? Sometimes you need to do that. Amen? And that's what Bartimaeus said. And that faith is really what caused him to be healed. That faith in God that he could cry out to him and expect to be healed. See, for us, unfortunately, pride can stop us and prevent us from receiving our healing. The question that Jesus asked, can I help, is actually dramatic. It's stunning because he stopped everything. Stopped the middle, in the middle of his journey, in the middle of, of, of everything that's going on, there were people going with him. He had his crew going with him, right? Jesus had his crew and they stopped to take the time to address a need. It shows that Jesus is a healer and willing to help us in that moment. It's, it's, it shows that Jesus is a provider and willing to grant us a job in that moment when we call on him. Amen? But first, listen to this, we're invited to admit that we need him. It starts with the basic uh, function of showing him that we need him, that we can't do it on our own. How many here are so perfect that you don't need God? That's none of you here, otherwise you wouldn't be here. That's Pastor Rick. I'm an imperfect being, and I just try to live my life to the best of my ability, how he has, has, has guided me, the purpose he's given me. And when I do that, I, I live according to his will, and I, and I discover his blessings in my life. And that's what Bartimaeus was beginning to discover here, possibly for the very first time in his life. As he's admitting his need, that's a direct correlation to what you and I need to do today. Admit our need. If you've ever gone through, and I don't want you to raise your hand, but if you've ever gone through an NA, AA, um, Gamblers Anonymous, I don't know, there's so many AAs and, and things that end with an A, that it starts with this. Number one, you have to admit you have a need, that you have a problem. It starts with that. You will never get the help you need until you admit that you have a need, that you need help. And so again, you need to remove pride out of the way. Amen? Here's what I know. As I have drawn closer to God in my life, my Heavenly Father, my Lord, my King, it has become easier for me to ask Him anything. I have shared with you here so many times of how I prayed for my wife, Anna. I prayed specifically. I wrote it down because I'm a man of lists. I, and I wrote it down like this. And I, I, I want this uh, Mexican woman. And I want this woman to be about five foot tall. Because I don't know why, just five foot. You know, I wanted to be taller than her. And uh, I want her to uh, have a passion for the Lord. I, I want her to love to sing, to love to pray, to be a good mother. And um, God granted me all that. He did. He really did. And I, I wrote it down. Uh, when I prayed for, for a house, I wrote that same list down. Even before I met Anna, I had a house already waiting for her to move into. And uh, I wanted a yellow house with white trim, with a white picket fence and a backyard. I wrote those things down. This is 27 years ago. I wrote that down. And God gave me that house. I've told you the story of where we're living at in Vallejo. We wrote that list out. And God gave us that house. I know that when God sees your heart, when he sees the cry of your heart, he wants to give that to you. Amen? How many know that to be true? 
And for those that haven't yet experienced that, I want you to walk away today knowing that you can ask anything from your Father today. Amen? Amen. To ask is to request, and this is on your outline, is to request, desire, call for, crave, require, beseech, beg. See, the professional beggar, because that's what he was, Bartimaeus, he was a professional beggar. And we all see these around where we live now. We see them at the, at the corners of Walmarts and Targets and shopping centers. There's professional beggars here, unfortunately. That's how they make their living. They'd rather do that than, than go work. And, and these are professional beggars. He was needy. Bartimaeus was needy. He was poor. He was possibly alone, hungry, downcast. The same thing over and over again, but... He had heard about this man, Jesus, who went about healing the sick, who went about giving um, healing to those that were crippled and and healing the blind and so forth. He heard about uh, Jesus raising the dead. He had heard these stories. And when he heard that Jesus was coming to town and he heard that Jesus was nearby, you can just imagine him saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You can hear him right now. Hey, I'm over here. I can't see you, but I'm over here. If you can picture that in your minds, he was wanting a new life. Basically, he was admitting to Jesus, Jesus, I need you. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I need you today. I can't go another day without you in my life. And Jesus, when he hears that cry from your heart, from your spirit, he stops everything. He stops the direction he's going, and he goes to attend to your need right there. Amen? I want you to hear that. For a blind man, he was stating a basic truth. I'm blind. I just want to receive my sight. I want to receive my sight. And what does the Bible say? Jesus healed him the next day. No. Jesus healed him the next month. No. It says Jesus healed him immediately. Say that word with me. Immediately, Jesus healed him. You know, it's in, in the New Testament, which is written in Greek, there are two words for the word ask. Two Greek words. Who you are dealing with determines the manner in which you ask. So there's these two words, aiteo and erotau. Erotau. There are two Greek words that mean ask. Aiteo means it's the petition, the asking from one who's a beggar, from, from one who's just, uh, let me read it here, one who is in a lesser in position than he to whom the petition is made. For example, a servant who's asking for something. That's aiteo. And I'll show you why that's important. Eratao, the word ask, suggests that the petitioner or the one that's asking is on a footing of equal, equal, or being familiar with the person whom he's requesting. Follow me with this. It's used for a king making a request from another king. All the requests of Jesus the Father in the New Testament were made in this sense. And because you and I are joint heirs of Christ, we can also ask in that same sense with the word eratao, which means we're on equal footing. We're sons of the living God, amen? 
We're sons of the divine. It doesn't make us God, but we are joint heirs, the Bible says. So we shouldn't beg from the Lord. God, God is not saying you beg from him. You declare by faith. That's what blind Bartimaeus was doing. Even though he was a beggar, he was begging in faith. Not begging, but he was asking by faith and knew that by faith, God was going to do something great for him. Amen? See, let me give you another example. What and how you ask for, for things from people depends on your relationship with them. For example, the way you ask a stranger for help or assistance is not the way you'll ask from a family member. It's much different. With a stranger, you're very careful and you only ask and hope that that person will say yes. Right? But with a family member, say I ask my mother or father for something, and fortunately my, my parents are still alive, I know without a shadow of a doubt, I can go in there and boldly ask, hey, Papa, can I borrow your truck today? I need to borrow your truck. And he'll let me borrow his truck um, if I need to borrow it. Right, Reuben? Yeah, my brother's here. He'll, he'll tell you the same thing. He can, we can ask with confidence. And if you don't believe that, just, just ask your kids. They're always asking for money, aren't they? They have no problem asking for money, right? That's right. And all the parents said amen. And if you don't know that, you just wait till they get older. You'll understand what I'm talking about. It's because of the relationship I have with my father that I can boldly ask him for any need I have. The relationship gives you the boldness to ask. See, you, can, you don't have boldness when it's just a stranger. It's not the same type of reality. You'll think twice to ask a stranger. You'll think twice to ask a stranger to give you his or her car to use for a couple of weeks, right? Because your car broke down. It's probably not going to happen. But with a close friend... You can speak to them and ask them with boldness. And the worst they can say is, nah, I can't, man. I, I, I need that car. But how many have ever loaned a car to somebody? How many have done something for a friend, for a, a true friend, a family member that you would never do for a stranger? Right? That's all of us. We've done something like that. May not have been loaning a car. Now, one of the reasons why we find it awkward and uncomfortable to ask God for certain things, and I want you to listen to this, is because God is a stranger. Let me repeat that again. One of the reasons why we find it difficult to ask God and maybe awkward and uncomfortable is because maybe God is that stranger. See, what I'm challenging you today is, are you asking God for certain things, yet the rest of the time, you have no fellowship with him? It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. We must have first fellowship with the Lord, an intimacy with the Lord. And the Bible says he's willing to give you the, the, your heart's desire. Amen? Again, one of the reasons why is uh, we can ask a loved, a loved one is because we know them well. They know us well. And they have no problem giving us things that if, if the need is there. Amen? It's the same way with God. God knows your heart. When you cry out to Him, I, and, I, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but you can ask Him for anything. Anything. Amen? Amen. Number, 
my, my second point here is you cannot have faith in a person you don't know. You cannot have faith in a person you don't know. Those that don't know God, those that don't know God, but have the courage to ask are not sure if he would answer. Have you ever seen this? The, I'm talking about the, the, the person that calls himself a believer is, is way out here on the fence and, and, and they're not sure. They're, they'll ask God for something, but they'll usually say it like, well, Lord, you know, I'm asking you for this house or, or this new job. If it's your will, if, if, if it's okay, you know, they're almost begging for a job. God never says that in, in the word to do that. He says to approach the throne with boldness. Amen. That is your daddy in heaven. That's your father in heaven. And as such, you're entitled to earthly heavenly benefits. Amen. You can boldly approach the throne and you can boldly say, Lord, I want, you know, I want this house and I'm saving up money and here's my list, Lord. And, and some of you may be sitting here thinking, but that's a selfish prayer. That's materialistic. God wants to give you the desires of your heart. Amen. He wants whatever that may be according to his will. You know, that, that's, there is that truth. But he wants to give you the desires of your heart. These people that beg resort to begging. They, they use phrases like, if, if it's your will to prosper me, please bless me. Lord, I'm not sure if that's what you want to do for me. But Lord, if, if it's your will, let it happen. You know, God nowhere said to use phrases like that. He said to use boldness. Come before him with boldness. Amen? Again, the nature of your relationship affects the magnitude of your asking power. Did you catch that? The nature of your relationship affects the magnitude of your asking power. There's power when you ask. Are you asking with boldness today? Let me ask you today. That's the question. Are you asking with boldness when you go before your father in heaven? Or are you just simply saying, Lord, I don't know if it's your will. I'm not sure. But you know what's best. Come to him with boldness. Declare it like blind Bartimaeus. And and see what happens. Amen? As a child of God, we can ask for anything. Anything. Amen? Now, why do some people never ask for themselves? You ever hear that? There's prayer requests made. And and, uh, there's people that will never, ever ask for anything for themselves. I'm convinced of this. I'm going to tell you why. It's because of their perception of God as this distant boss, a distant God in the universe that they're not close with. They believe in God, but they're not close to that person. They, they think that God has better things on his mind than to answer a prayer from me. From poor little me. Who am I in this world of 7 billion people that he would care about me? Well, let me tell you something. He sent his son to die on a cross for you and I. Amen? That's how much he cares for you. That's how much he loves you today. So for you to ever, ever question God and say, Lord, who am I? Well, let me tell you, you're his son. You're his daughter. Amen. He cares for you. He wants to have a job for you, give you the heart, your heart's desire. He wants to give you that home you're looking for. Amen. He wants to fill you with, with the desires of your heart. 
When God is a distant person in your life, building an intimate relationship with such a distant God is almost impossible. That's why you'll never hear that person making personal requests because that God is too distant. They don't know how to connect. May it not be us today, Lord. Help us to not be so distant that we can never ask prayer for ourselves. Some of the are, are, are of the opinion, excuse me, that we should never ask for a house, a spouse, a car, a job. That God isn't concerned about those things for you and I. Let me correct you here today. He is concerned about your life. He has promised to give us a, a purpose in our life. How, how many know that in that purpose, he's got the right job for you? He's got the right family for you? The right spouse for you? The right children for you? He's got the right place for you to live? He's got all that lined up for you. But he wants you to admit Lord, I need your direction in this. Where do I need to go now? Uh, Lord, I I need your help because, yeah, I can probably go out and get a job tomorrow. But, Lord, I want to make sure it's your will, that that's the job I need. That, Lord, that this is the place I need to be living. That, Lord, this is the church I need to be attending. Ask the Lord that. Amen? Amen? God created material things for us to enjoy. And did you know that most of the miracles that Jesus performed when he was on earth was concerning material things? It really was. He, he healed bodies of people, the bodies of people. He fed people. He, he even gave them financial blessings. He granted wisdom, direction. He gave material and spiritual blessing to people throughout the New Testament. So if your car breaks down at Walmart and you're supposed to be at lunch in 10 minutes, there's nothing wrong with praying, Lord, Help my car to start. There's nothing wrong with laying your hands on car on that car and saying, Lord, in the name of Jesus, help this car to start because I can't stand another minute here at this crazy Walmart. That's just me. I, I love to pick on Walmart every week. In fact, don't feel unspiritual to ask God to grant you your dream house, your dream job, your dream career. See, God has a purpose for each of you. And he knows exactly where he wants to place you. Amen? God answers prayers for material things as well as spiritual things. Now, don't don't miss the point. He wants us to be spiritual beings and ask for divine direction. Lord, give me wisdom as a parent to guide and instruct my, my children, especially when they're young. To teach them your ways, Lord. To guide them in the truth. To declare your words, your promises to them. Yes, we should be praying that every single day. Yes, you should be praying with your children. Yes, you should be praying with your spouse. Amen? And when you do those things, he sees your heart is in the right place. That's when he begins to answer As it says in Matthew, he says he will bless you and and give you all these other things. When you first seek what? His kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. Matthew 6.33. Let me read a few other passages here today. Matthew chapter 7. This is our video. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, seek, and knock. Matthew 7 Verses 7 through 12. It's on your outline as well, I believe. I'm going to read starting in verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. 
Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For these sum up the law and the prophets. And I want to read a parallel set of verses found in Luke chapter 11. I want you to listen. This is talking to you and I, how we are to ask and approach our Heavenly Father. Luke chapter 11, verses 5 through 13. Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, Wayne, oh, excuse me, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Six, or excuse me, in verse six, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is friend, his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Did you catch that? Because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, for he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be opened. Which of, your, of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. Amen? Doesn't that sound like a good, good father? Amen. And that's the challenge for you and I today. There's a man in this church today that I love when he prays, when he testifies, because he speaks with boldness when he declares the promises of God. And some of you know who I'm talking about. Robert, Roberto, I'm going to pick on you again this morning. But when he prays, He doesn't just ask and beg God. He declares and he stands upon the promises of God with boldness to declare, Lord, you are my God. You are my heavenly father. You are going to provide for my family. You're going to grant me the organ I need. And he granted him that when he had a transplant. Lord, you're going to take care of me. You're going to watch over my family while I'm in the hospital. Lord, upon my return and when I get well, when I get my stamina, when I get my strength, You're going to provide a job for me. You're going to provide the same field, the same career, but you're going to give me a new start. And what did God do? He gave him exactly that. Now, are those material things to ask for? Yes, a job. It's a material. There's nothing spiritual about it, but God wants to give you the desires of your heart. Amen? And God wants to make sure you provide for your family. In closing this morning, I just want to touch on a few last points, but I want to remind you, it was 25 years ago that I first met my wife, Anna, October 10th, 1993, but who's keeping track? It was a Wednesday night, 
Wednesday night Bible study at a church. And she came as a visitor. She sat right behind me. Her and my future father-in-law and mother-in-law sat right behind me. So I, I had to look my best because I, I had heard she was going to be coming to the church. There was another mutual friend that was trying to set us up. I had never met Anna or her parents. I knew of her parents. My parents knew her mom and dad years ago, right? And so if I had not asked her upon meeting her after service, hey, would uh, you like to go for some coffee at Denny's just a few blocks away? We had coffee from 8.30 that night till midnight. We had coffee, and it felt like it was an hour. It was three hours of, of just talking like we knew each other from the beginning of time. We connected. Um, we just, I, I knew right there as I was talking to her, that's my future wife. She just doesn't know it right now. That's my future wife. And so I, I just know that um, as we were leaving, I said, well, make sure you call your, because she was still living at home. So make sure you call home and let them know where you're at because they're probably worried about you. And her brother answered the phone. He goes, where are you at? You don't even know him. Why are you out there by yourself with him? We're adults, right? But that's a big brother for you right there. He was doing his job. And, um, but if my point is, if I hadn't asked her out, I wouldn't have my beautiful daughters, Bianca and Raquel. I wouldn't have my beautiful wife. I wouldn't have this wonderful ministry that God has placed us in. I wouldn't have the privilege of knowing each of you here today. It started by me, even before meeting Anna, asking God to put her in my life. When I began to ask God, Lord, put this woman in my life, God knew what he was doing. I certainly didn't. God is in control, amen? None of you know where this may lead you down the road. Some of you here today, here for the first time, you may not know what tomorrow is in store for you, but know this, God is in control, amen? God is in control. I want to just give you in closing some quick ways on how to ask so we know that we must ask. You have not because you ask not, the Bible says. You have not because you ask not. Well, first of all, the way to ask. It's with our words. With our words. We ask with our words. But the words that we use, they must be bold. Ask with boldness, the Bible says. Ask with boldness. Secondly, how to ask. In faith as well as with boldness. In faith as well as with boldness. Believe that you're going to receive it even before you receive it. Amen? The Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. Sometimes the things that you see around you can discourage you, can make you think, this is never going to happen. This, is, this will never take place. But I want to remind you, you walk by faith and not by sight. So, uh, thirdly, when can we ask? Can we just ask it? Is it just um, Christmas time? No, 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 no. You can ask anytime. Ask anytime, 24-7, 365. You can ask anytime you want. Why ask? Why, if, if God knows my heart, Pastor Rick, why do I need to ask? God wants you to admit your need. He wants you to admit your need for a Savior, number one, that you can't do life on your own, that, he, that you need His help. The Bible says, Ask, seek, and knock. 
This is a command, a direct command from God, Almighty God, to you and I today. Ask, seek, and knock. And what to ask? What do we ask? Whatever you desire, whatever your heart's desire is. The Bible says, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And all these other things that you desire will be added unto you. Amen? What is it that you're looking for? Health? You're looking for a, a new house, a new job, maybe a new Michael Coors bag. I, I mean, as materialistic as that sounds, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Amen? And then the lastly, who do you ask? Your heavenly father who loves you. Your heavenly father who looks at you and says, my dear son, my dear daughter, I would want to give you the best of the very best. All you want, all I need from you is just ask. Admit to me that you need, that you need me in your life. And as I close this morning, I'd invite you to stand. If you'll stand with me this morning. We're also going to take communion together here as we close. As we do on the first Sunday of every month. But I want to close with this last scripture in Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, everybody say believe, believe. that you have received it and it will be yours. See with eyes of faith. See and believe with eyes of faith. Amen. Will you do that this week? Will you begin to ask with boldness? Will you begin to cry out and say, Lord, I need you. I can't do this on my own. And whatever it is that you begin to ask for, believe it. Believe it. The Bible says again, ask, seek, knock, knock. See, he's knocking on someone's door today. He's reminding you today that there are some things you haven't asked for yet. There's some things that you need to be asking for. And he's waiting for you to just ask. Ask him today. Won't you ask him today? Amen.